When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello and welcome to the Agenda Podcast. The Agenda Podcast returns after a few weeks off and we've got a whole host of questions submitted via the Royal Blue Facebook page as well as other various social media channels. I'm Ian Kroll and I'm joined by Connor O'Neill, sat back with me on the Agenda Podcast here. How are you, Connor? Not too bad, Ian, yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Um, I think Carlo Angelotti is the only thing that's keeping me going at this moment in time. <laughs> the January Blues. That's it, yeah. Christmas is over, the new year, January Blues in full effect. Um, plenty of questions to get through here. Um, we'll also discuss um, a little bit about the, the general meeting. Uh, the AGM that was at the Philharmonic Hall in Liverpool on Tuesday, as well as the uh, the investment from USM and um, the Russian billionaire Usmanov and what he's uh, proposed to bring to the table. So, like I say, this podcast is f- uh, questions submitted by the listeners and you set the agenda. So, um, I'll ask the first question, Connor, and obviously give us an answer, and then we'll uh, we'll go on from there. So Ben Crawford, regular on the View from the Gallery Street podcast, he's asked, "Do you think we will sign anybody before the transfer deadline ends this month?" I think the the question with that is we we don't know. Mm. I think I don't think we'll we'll spend big in the sense that you know we'll go out and kind of break the bank. But I think Carl Ancelotti's been quite. Open hasn't he? When he's, he's been asked about press conferences, he, he's kind of not, he's kind of not confirmed nor denied mm. that he's actually. I think he kind of dropped a hint anyway about a central midfielder potentially coming in. So that's what we want to maybe look at. But I don't. Will we sign anybody? Who knows? I mean, you know, you look across the whole football spectrum, and you know, people from clubs can't tell you quick enough how how hard it is to bring people in in January, and you know how it's it's such a difficult window, uh, transfer window to negotiate and stuff mm. like that. So I don't think we'll. We know the, the definitive answer is that we can only imagine that there is work behind the scenes and the club will be looking to bring one or two if, if they can in um, moving forward. I mean, a lot of these questions are transfer-related, um, so we will like read out every question that was, was submitted. But we are, from what I understood from a couple of bit of information that came out of the general meeting um Recently, we are literally on the limit, aren't we, of financial fair play? And it's about, I, yeah. I'm sure I read it, we're very close to and it's about £15 million. Pounds. I, I think there's obviously there's that to consider, of course, but you know, the squad's still quite big, isn't it? I know, mm. I know we, we've only seen the, the kind of the same players playing on a weekly basis, but the squad is actually still very big. And you know, you think Andre Gomez is to come back, you know, Gababman to, to come back into the, the fray, you, you struggle to really see where. Unless they get whole, get a lot of people out off the books, which from what Marcel Brands was indicating on at the general meeting, that is the case. But like we've we've been all, all too well at everything, that getting people out and bringing, you know, is it is it a lot harder than yeah. than, than, it, than it sounds? And, and so, I think it, it's kind of one of them, isn't it? I think we'll just have to wait and see. I think there's no definitive answer on who will we sign anybody. We don't like to think we would sign somebody who's going to come in and have a massive impact, but at the same time, we all we all know that. 
signings for the sake of signings sometimes in January doesn't clearly work. And I think if you look at you know Zentosen for instance, and we signed him in 2017, the January transfer window there, and it looked like oh well, you know that's a massive good coup for the club, you know forward and mm. you know get yeah, three years on he's been allowed to leave the club on loan because simply a lack of game time and stuff. So yeah. <clears throat> I don't think we'll be rushed into anything. So I think it's just one to to keep an eye on more than anything. I don't I don't think there's a definitive yes no. It's just more, I think, hope that we can find someone who can come in and, and give us a bit more impetus and a bit more help and support that we probably need to, to see the season out. I mean, that's been Brands' brief anyway, hasn't it, from the start? Exactly, to get rid yeah. of, you know, the Deadwood. Deadwood and the players on, you know, astronomical wages, yeah. really. Well, I think that, that leads into our next question from Bradley Rettler, who asked, what should be our goal coming out of the January transfer window? Again, similar to what you yeah. say there about, you know, Marcel's... <laughs> aim and remit almost yeah. at the club is, no. is, is it's not too similar to that question really is it the answer yeah I mean I think we've been a little bit lucky or you know in terms of time in this time round I know you know international major tournaments come around every two years but Tosin mm. is not getting games is he and he needs to play football um, so he's on a huge amount of wages at the club I, I can't confirm tell me if I'm wrong or, or what but are we still paying any amount of his wages for the, the next couple of months or Crystal Palace taking I, that all on I, board? I don't know. No one knows, do they? But, Normally, you, 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 it's a percentage, isn't it? They each pay percentage. It's, yeah. I think it's very rare that someone takes the whole the whole wage on. I, I mean, we'll have, to, we'll have to confirm that, but I think Everton have got a you know a good basis to say, well, Crystal Palace, you just need to pay the mm. whole wages because... It doesn't work like that, does it? Well, I, I don't know. It, 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 you know, if Crystal Palace want to sign him and Tosin wants to leave, then you say, well, you pay the full wages. Like say, we'll con- confirm that. But in terms of Bradley's question, yeah, I think try and get rid of any dead wood. I think it's still, again, it's going to be very, very difficult. Brands has been trying to do that for the past 18 months. You know, we, we've got other players on the... On the um, on the wage on the wage bill, I need to go the likes of Nias, just to name one. Snadlin probably is one who's on over a hundred grand as well. So, I mean, it's, that's the January aim. But obviously, you know, football and wise through January, I just think we need to try and win every single every yeah. single game as well. And we've got a um, couple of not say winnable games coming up, but games where you'd you'd think that we could, you know, pick up some decent points. West Ham next, okay, it's, it's away. Um, Newcastle, you know, we definitely got to win there, and um, they're the two, aren't they? It's only two. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, obviously so we've got a free weekend out the cup. So I, I would say the aim or our goal for the next, you know, couple of weeks, including the two games, is to win both games. Yeah. That, that's got to be because we are very close now to you know fifth and sixth, pushing European places, um, and if we don't win those two, those games, you know, it's still very close, but. We keep saying that a win here, we're close, but we keep saying that we've got to win these games and, and push on from there. Ben Crawford has snuck in another question, but I will allow it. <laughs> so Ben's asked, are you convinced enough to sign Sadibi now for the reported transfer fee? Agreed or wait and see what are the right-back targets are available in the summer? I don't know what the transfer fee is. I think it was about 12 million, I think. Was it? Yeah, well, from what I've read. Twelve million. Um, yeah, I think for twelve million pounds, I've been impressed with Steve. I think he's got better and better. Mm. I think you, you've got to really give him credit for bouncing back after that that derby kind of humiliation. You know where it, you know Mane just destroyed him in the half an hour, and he actually ends up getting substituted. I think after thirty eight minutes, was mm. it? You know Marco Silva's last game, and the way he bounced back from that was, was really impressive because you know some, we've seen it before. Have we where players get 
get hooked and stuff like that and they, they don't recover or it takes time to recover. But the way he bounced back, he, he's been superb. I think mm. he's a real asset going forward. I think defensively maybe he could improve, but I think going forward he, he's a real asset. And Carlos used him as a lot going forward. Yeah, um, I think it'd be interesting to see what, obviously the, the, the interesting thing now is, is it's Carlo Ancelotti, you know, has he got a preferred way in which he wants to use his full-backs? And mm. I think we'll, we'll kind of... I think we'll be able to gauge more on the full-backs moving forward, I think, in the coming months because we'll begin to see a, a style of play and a pattern of play in which, you know, you'll see whether he wants defensive minds of full-backs or attacker minds of full-backs. So mm. I think in terms of are we sign, will we sign them, etc., I think we want to wait and see and see what, what transpires over the, the coming months. Um you know, Carl's only been here for what less than a month, really, hasn't he? You know, so um, it'll take time to see what what was implemented. But I think for twelve million pounds, he'd, he'd be an absolute steal. I think you look at today's market. Mm. Uh, but it'll be interesting what John Joe, what John Joe Kenny's plans are as well, because he's someone who's who's really impressed at Schalke yeah. on loan so far this season. So it'll be interesting what what his plans and the club's plans are for him moving forward as well. Um, so again, I think that's just another one where. You, you wait and see. I think for twelve million pounds, you you couldn't complain if we were to sign to eBay. But it's whether the, the club, you know, want to maybe look at John Joe Kenny and, and yeah. giving him a chance to, to cement his place. Yeah. High unlikely that they'll just go now and say twelve million pounds. Yeah. To, to um, I mean, unless unless he ticks every box Carlo Ancelotti wants in a fullback, then you could you yeah. completely understand. But I, I don't I don't see any reason why the club would probably do that right now. Yeah. Especially as you, as you lose to you know financial fair play and stuff like that. It's in what's more outlay, isn't it? Bef- mm. When it's not really necessary because you're going to be at the end of the season anyway. No, exactly. And just just you touched on it, you know, was Derby display. It just in defence of him, I think the only person to blame for that was Marco Silva and the way he set up the team. I, I think playing the high line in that five-two Derby defeat was was. You know, you're just asking for punishments, and yeah, unfortunately, Sadibi was the one. You know, the four guy who came off in the end. He and could have easily threw his toys out the pram, no, couldn't he? After oh, that, absolutely. He bounced back. Or, you know, or, or just lacked the confidence to look to shadow of his former self. Yeah, you know, he didn't, and he was actually probably Evans' best, one of the better players after after that show. And to be honest, I think you think of the, the the Chelsea game where you know he was back in the side and he puts a great ball in for uh, Richardson's opener. I think he set the third, the second one up as well. With a ball over the top, which Calvert Lewin obviously battles his way. So, done one across in for Calvert Lewin's against, against Burnley, yeah. yeah. Um, so he's been a you know probably a mainstay. In, I thought against Arsenal, the nil nil, he was brilliant. Mm. I thought he got forward and he, he looked the only one who was energetic in the in the team. So I think it's one to wait and see. But for twelve million pounds, if that's what reports are correct, that Evan could potentially sign for, then I don't think he could complain for that. I think that would be fun. Fantastic value. Yeah, absolutely. Tom de Groff asks, assuming JP Gammon and Gomez are good for next season, what would you prioritise in this summer window? Interesting one, isn't it? Because you could probably just look all over the pitch and say, you know, that needs that needs filling in or, you know, that we need improvement there. I think if you're going to ask me that right now, I'd probably say we need um, a quality centre-back, an absolute quality centre-back, whether that's Kurt Zuma, I don't know, but definitely a quality centre-back. A right-winger, Someone who's going to provide um, pace and skill and be direct. You know, we all hope that Theo Walcott will be that. Still, is it to an extent? Yeah. But you know, the wrong the wrong age really, and we need someone mm-hmm. who's going to be a bit more hungrier, a bit more, um, a bit more quality in the team. You could probably even argue now that Tosin's gone alone and probably he's going to be out the picture again next season. A striker, 
somebody who's going to be able to score goals. Okay, we've got Dominic Carvalho, we've got Richarlison and Moise Keane. We don't know Moise Keane's situation. Um, so there's another one. And although we will have a strong centre midfield, barring all players are back, I mean, you, you've got the likes of Sigurdsson there, you've got the likes of Awobi who can play in the centre of the park, but I, I still think that we need uh, a centre midfield or a you know, playmaker mm. in the likes of um, David Silva, some, someone like that. Yeah. Now, I know you could m- maybe argue Bernard is that, that type, but... I think he can do most of his damage from from the left hand side. Um, we just need someone who's going to be able to to pick out a pass. I mean, Gabamon and Gomez, you would suggest are, are the legs, and Gomez is obviously good good at pass. And we just need someone who's going to pick out that pass. So yeah, um, you're not asking for much, then, are you? Really? Not asking for much. Not asking at all, for much no. Right. So if you listen to Marcel Brands, you know, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. There's your shopping list. <laughs> go and go and get them all. I didn't think I was too bad. I think it was only four players, wasn't it? What's best than that, mate? Of mine after the, the derby defeat, obviously in the heat of the moment. You know, text me and says if we got if we got Wizard on to 16 tomorrow, I wouldn't complain and brought a new squad in. So <laughs> I think we all you, felt you, that after you, the derby. You're more conservative than he was this way. Okay, next question from. Liam Fitzpatrick, realistically, what are Everton's aims this season? Finish as strong as they can, and wherever that may be, that may be where that's you know pushing top six, whatever. Yeah. Finish as strong as they can, build fat, solid foundations to build, take into next season. That's that's all you can really ask for. Yeah. You know, I mean, European um, aspirations are they? Well, they're, they're there, aren't they? Because it, 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 it's it's doable. I think is the way that I wouldn't say it's realistic to think we can yeah. get Europa League, but it's it's doable, you know. Granted, we are going to have to put a run together, and, and granted, we're going to have to do something that we haven't really done much doing, and can't put like four wins on the bounce to, to get to get you know within that picture almost, which is something we've struggled to do this year consistently wise. And I know Carlo won two, then he then lost at City and stuff, so it, we haven't really put any sort of consistent win runs together. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think just realistically. Finish as strong as we can and look to lay solid foundations to go into next season, mate. Because that's all you can really ask for at the minute, isn't it? You know, there's no cup competitions have to play for Champions Leagues without reach. Just you know, and if that takes you into the Europa League places, that that takes you into the Europa League places. You know, it's as simple as that. Really, there's not yeah. there's nothing really you can write home about is for for evidence. What's gonna you know what you don't want to think more than anything is the, you know the the the, the kind of flip flops to go on early March. People just look like they're on the summer holidays. Other people start saving themselves for the European Championships mm-hmm. this summer, which I think is something that do, might not affect, not just affect Everton. Everton are in that bracket. There's a lot of clubs I think who could be Absolutely. looking at that and thinking, you know, it's a big year, the European Championships. You know, there's a lot of, I think it's one of the first times ever on the international football scale where there's multiple teams who could win it. You know, you look for, for so long, it was, it was dominated by Spain, wasn't it? And it was kind of almost run before. Before the competition even got started, this time it's so much different. So that's a concern, but I think it's a concern for a lot of clubs, not just Everton. Yeah. But I think, you no, know, realistically, finish as strong as we can, see where it takes us, and build foundations, and you know, let's build a bit of confidence to go into next season and find a way of playing. I think more than anything, you know, I think you look at last season, we, we finished well, and you know, we had some really good results. But then in the summer, it kind of felt like a lot of what we worked on and what it got us to where it did. Marco's wanting to rip up and kind of start again and, and reshape the team, which which is fantastic. You got the players at your disposal to do that straight away. Yeah, we didn't, and you know obviously we, we obviously paid the price because the start of this season 
well, <laughs> for a large part of the first half of the season, we, we were incredibly poor. So I think you just got to look at building building solid blocks to go into next season. Are you a yay or nay for a qualification into the Europa League? I'm a yay, yeah. actually. Yeah, I think I don't think we can really turn our nose up at it. I think you look at the you know the latest kinds of the financial figures from from a business point of view. You know the, the club missed out this year by not being in the Europa League and not having that you know yeah. revenue and stuff like that. Um, I just think it's you know it's a competition that we we could you know we got the right personnel in like I have said and there's no reason why I think Carlo Ancelotti do really really well in it from a, a tactical point of view you know you, you look at it, you know he's he's a, he's a fantastic manager but a lot of his real successes come in Europe i.e. the champ a bit the Champions League but you know there's no reason why he, he couldn't rectify that in the Europa League I don't think anyway. Uh, so yeah, I'm all for the Europa League. I think uh, I know people say that the Thursday Sunday demands and stuff, but you know you look at Wolves this year; they're playing Thursday Sunday demands and doing well. They're, they're doing well. You know, they're, they're, there's no different now in their league position or league standing now to where they was this time last year. Is there? I know they had a bit of a poor start, but mm. they they regrouped and you know they're, they're right up there for potentially a place the Champions League if if they they put up decent runs together. So it is doable. It is manageable. It's just about having the right people people in charge and the right people overseeing it. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast. Jeff Jed asks, you can only keep six of the current first team squads. Who do you choose? I knew this question was going to fall on me. Really hard, this one. Do you reckon, do you reckon he means including Gomez and Gabaman? Are we going to include them? Current first team. I mean, you'd have to, wouldn't you? That's two. That's, well, that's two. You'd have to, I'd have to say them two. Pickford's. Pickford, Yeri Mina, that's four. Richarlison. Um, it's a difficult one because it's a toss-up. This is probably three. I think this. I think this all depends. Very tough. This question on your football philosophy and what you think about football. Because I think if you think of like you know, if you want a team of course sort of workaholics, you know, motivators, kind of work hard. You know, Dominic Calvert-Lewin's probably top of the list because the shift that I put in is is, is unbelievable. Mm. But if you're looking for like a, someone like almost like a Kaku type forward who, who just scores goals, but probably you know is a bit lazy at times and yeah. there's just question marks over his work rate, then Calvert-Lewin wouldn't probably make the top six, would he? Because his goal record isn't as prolific as mm. all the forwards in the league. So I think it's a really tough one. I think you know, and you got Bernard. I haven't even mentioned Bernard. Do you? Exactly, and I think I think six is harsh as well, isn't it? I think six is. It's a significant low number, I think. There's probably like a core 10 that you'd suggest that yeah. we could build more of a team around. And obviously there's two there in Gomez and Gabaman that we, we've that barely featured uh, this season. Certainly Gabaman hasn't anyway. I mean, you've got Dean as well, Holgate on goal. You could probably say Coleman could go. Even Sadibi, you could probably say, well, it was only on loan, he could go. But obviously he's he's shown he's more than capable. I mean, the likes yeah. of Walcott, Sigurdsson... Um, Snardlin, even Davis to an extent, they wouldn't. They would probably wouldn't be in 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 the, the six. Yeah, I, I like the way we've taken. You can only keep six, but we've changed it to you can only keep ten now because yeah. it's too hard. But if I was going to do the six, then it would be. Do you know what? I probably wouldn't even say Pickford. You know, if I was gonna, I was gonna be pushed. Ruthless. I was gonna be ruthless. Not on against Pickford. I I, I I really like him, but if I'm gonna be proper ruthless, I'd probably say Mina, Richarlison. There's two. Gabamon. Gomez, there's the four. Um, Bernard, five. And then Dominic Carvert-Lewin. So there's the six. 
got there in the end. We did, we did. Drawn out, but we got there. Next question from Ian Ferguson, relating to the derby defeat. Should the players reimburse the cost of the FA Cup away tickets to fans? In a lovely, flowery world, yes. But in the ruthless world that we live in, yeah. no, because <laughs> it doesn't happen, does it? So it's almost... Uh, you, you see this happen a lot of the time, don't you? People, they should get the money back and stuff. And while it's a fantastic gesture, sometimes it does come off. People, teams have done it in the past, haven't they? I know Wigan reimbursed their fans when they were beating 9-1 at Tottenham a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, but it very rarely comes off. And, you know, it's, it's, more, it's more a statement, isn't it, than... Than ever, it ever needs to mean leads to anything meaningful. Yeah, I mean, they say it has been done, but don't have to do it, do they? No, no one has <laughs> any obligations to do it, are they? So, no. Paul Carut Rideout asks, as Tosin has now gone on loan, do you think that is going to herald the coming of a new striker in the January transfer window? In short, we've answered that. Yeah, in short, no, I don't think it is. I just think the club are desperate to get Tosin off the wage bill. He was on huge amounts for a player who didn't feature I think it'd be different if he was playing and scoring goals because you wouldn't mind him but for someone to be sitting on the bench and I don't know the exact fig- figure that he paid a week but he needed to, to go he just probably needed a fresh start for himself I think he's you know, good lads good attitudes um, in terms of bringing a new striker in you know hopefully fingers crossed we don't pick up any injuries mm-hmm. and we can finish the season off with Richarlison Dominic Carvert-Lewin and um, Moise, Moise Keane as, as the three um, we all know that Theo Walcott can play there as well, but you know, fingers crossed that with the amount of games that we've got coming up, you wouldn't expect yeah. huge amounts of injuries and fitness levels to still be high. So those three will see us till the end of the season. And I've said it time again, I don't think we're going to, in the games that we win, it's it's going to be close. It's going to be like a 1-0, yeah. 2-1. And that's just how it's going to have to be, I think, for the remainder of the season. Um so I've been asked about who we should keep in terms of our current first team squad, but Callum Lapsley has asked, if we had only two signings, which, which positions would you cover? Central midfield is definitely one. Yeah. I think, you know, we need an extra body in there, don't we? At the minute. Right now for January. Right, right, uh, is this right now for January? I would probably say right yeah. now for January. I think yeah. central midfield is desperate, isn't it? You know, it's, <laughs> we can't, we've all made kind of, mm. you know, said our war and peace on, on central midfield and where we think we're going wrong. I think the other position we'd, we'd probably cover, if, if it was truly down to right now, maybe a centre-forward. Just I know what you're saying there about, but if you can get someone else in... Who if can there's maybe, one available on the one available, or something. Yeah, just to you know, get us over the line or give us a bit of help. I think they're the, the two positions that I think I'd target most because I think wingers, yeah, I do think we're kind of for a right winger, but they're very hard to... <laughs> to pick aren't they? you know there's not an abundance out there anymore mm. of, of talent and apart from that I think Mina Keane Holgate will see us out same as the centre-backs will see us out the season I like so, Holgate in midfield me yeah but I think he looks like he's going to be centre-back now just need yeah. and then I think you know you've got Luca Dean on the left but Leighton Baines and James Coleman Steve down the right I don't think you'd be looking to bring in either full-backs anytime soon mm. maybe the one that you possibly could do is a goalkeeper who could properly push Pickford. push Pickford. But like we've discussed enough on the various shows across the, the Royal Blue Channel, finds the backup goalkeeper who's going to sit on the bench waiting for his chance it is very hard and, well, very rarely happens if we're, if we're being honest, does it? So Exactly. Last question, and before we move on to the discussion about the general meeting and the USM 
Investments, Martin Jameson has said, do you, do you guys agree with me that Moise Keane looks awful and slow so far? Do you think he has a fourth and fifth gear that we've just not seen yet? I think he's just struggles, hasn't he? I don't think, you know, I think that's probably maybe a little bit harsh to say he looks awful, awfully slow. I think I think that's I think that's incredibly a bit, bit, bit too harsh. That I think I think he's just struggled as needs to adapt. I don't think yeah. things have worked out for him the way he probably envisaged. There's there's a lot gone on, hasn't he? You know, from him being left out of squad, the Ferguson substitution is a lot gone on. Um, and he's a young lad. He's a young lad living away from living in a foreign country probably for the first time in his life and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's taking time to adjust. And I just hope. I think once he gets one, the hope is that. He'll kick on then, you know what I mean? I think once he gets born, he'll kick on and it's just about him getting that chance, I think. And hopefully Carlo and Chossie will be able to work with him and improve him as well. And hopefully and Chossie's coming in, he'll give him a he'll give him a natural boost anyway. Well, I was literally gonna second that anyway. You know, Carlo Angelotti was keen on buying him anyway for Napoli. He couldn't speak he? high enough of him because he's opening his opening press conference. So So he's obviously been told good things about him. He's probably, you know, had scouts watching him while he's been at Napoli, maybe even seen him a couple of times. So, you know, it just it's hopefully now that we've got a man in Carlo Angelotti, Angelotti at the helm, just needs a you know couple of tips in the right direction for Moise Keane yeah. and see where we go. I mean, he hasn't featured, didn't feature. Um, he featured last game he featured was against Liverpool, um, Man City, wasn't it? Yeah, he came off the bench. So no, Liverpool definitely come off the bench. Come off the bench, but he hasn't you know st- he hasn't really been starting games. So hopefully he'll take a bit of time and. Um, you know, just assessing on the training ground, that's where you do your work and see what happens for the, the next couple of weeks. Uh, okay, so they are the that is the last of the questions that has been submitted uh, from you, the fans. But we're just going to have a little discussion about the general meeting that took place at the Philharmonic Hall in Liverpool uh, this week, as well as the £30 million um, payment for the stadium um, naming rights from USM. Um, what did you make of it all? That was very good. I thought it was, you know, obviously everyone knew we were going to make a loss. I think, you know, everyone, everyone knew that that was coming. Um, you know, a lot of it's been on player recruitment as well. Yeah, yeah. You take that, that out of it. And you no, know, the, 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 a lot of the, the money that we've spent on, you know, other things at the club and stuff like that. So um, I thought it was very good. I think the USM investment stuff is probably the most interesting line to come out of it. I think, you know, it's, it's massive in some respects that. That is at the they've they've managed to secure that so early, and what they've secured, you know, for crazy, isn't it? You know, it, it that's unheard of, if anything. It is kind of probably unheard of, yeah. Um, Paying thirty million pounds to effectively be at the front of the queue or first in line of yeah, it, it's it's diff, it's different and strange, but I think the business world works in strange ways, doesn't it? At times, I think you know, there's a lot that goes on in the world of business that probably doesn't make sense to the normal person on mm. on the street, so. It, it's certainly different, it's certainly... But it's good because, you know, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that, you know, as a club we were sat here, basically, kind of, we couldn't get people to come in and get involved with us, you know. A lot of our commercial deals were quite quite low in terms of, like, the pecking order of what the Premier League clubs were securing. Yeah, yeah. So I think the fact that we've now got this at our disposal should only, you know, benefit us moving forward. And I think it wouldn't be surprising to see USM potentially sponsor the kit, I think, once sports pays his, his dealers up, I think. They were quite open-minded last night. The club and that, when a member of one of the shareholders raised the the, the, the links with bookmakers and, and and you know they were quite open and that it wasn't mm. something that maybe they weren't pursuing in the near future. So how long have we got left on that? Do you know, I'm not too sure. Um, 
So maybe, you know, you assemble. I think these general meetings, that they are what they are, aren't they? You know, you can never you can never really read too much into them, can you? Because there's always, you know, spin or, you know, something that mm. people interpret differently. So I think the positive news is that, you know, the stadium looks on track. Things moving in the right direction on that front. And I think now it's just about getting it right on the pitch. I mean, what in terms of the USM investment... What's the end game? Do you think? Obviously, we're not privy to, to what's going on, so we can't we can't like t- say. But you know, is it just going to be commercial, commercial wise? Like you say, sponsorship of the shirt. Well, no one, no one knows. Do they? Don't think. I think that's 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 the one thing. I mean, do you think he could, he's going to invest and in, like when I say invest, like want, want to take over the club at, at some point? You don't just put thirty million pound down. No, you don't. But unless you, you were going to expect a, some sort of return. You don't do it, but you just don't. You don't know do you what what the thinking is and what the moves are. I mean. It, he, obviously, the interview with the Financial Times kind of brought everything to light, didn't it? Where he kind of, he, he was a, it was like more of a throwaway comment, wasn't it? That kind of sparked, you know, sparked a fire almost. Um, so he obviously is keen, just went off, I think, on getting involved and, and doing things with the club. Machete appears, and, you know, obviously, I know Phil, Phil wrote a piece, a really good piece about this, saying, you know, Farad's quite happy by himself at the minute. He's not really looking to bring, you know, Usman off in, you know, mm. to bring his pal in. So. I think it's just, again. I think it's just a case of wait and see. I think, but I think it's an interesting thing to to watch develop potentially, because like I say, you know, for for long periods we we sat, at, you know, we had these meetings and we sat in as as a club and kind of you know looked commercially thin on the ground, looking where the money was going to come from, and, and now it's it's kind of the total opposite, you know. And I think it's going to be it's going to be absolutely fascinating to see what what happens and what potentially tran- transpires moving forward. Okay, well, as which I is, always, which is a positive thing to end on, I think. I think it, it is, certainly is, and as know. I always say at the most most uh, end of podcasts, watch this space. Watch this space. Yeah. <laughs> we will watch this space. Um, that is it for your agenda podcast. I've been Ian Kroll, and I've been joined by Connor O'Neill. Um, thanks for listening to the Agenda Podcast on the Royal Blue Acast and iTunes channel. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.